Boomer in the Morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, Calgary. It is Boomer in the Morning. On a Calgary Flames game day. Love to see it. It's Tampa Bay Lightning in town. Flames beaten by Tampa in that miserable three-game run through the old Southeast Division. Chance at uh, revenge today, I'm sure. And this is Boomer in the Morning. No Boomer today. It's proudly sponsored by Grey Wolf Golf Course, located in the spectacular Alpine setting. Yes, Panorama Mountain Village. Uh, Grey Wolf, of course, that wins people... Over time and time again. Love that patio, Rhett. Mm. Love that tee shot on four down the hill. Yeah, that patio's great. Really good. Really, 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 really good. Love the driving range where I saw that mama bear and the cubs. Uh, let's go the other way now. Quickly, quickly now. Move along. You're uh, not petting them? Did, them? did not. They suggest to not pet the bears. You're a chicken. Uh, and then, of course, the dynamite par threes, the diabolical number six cliffhanger. We love that one. I think when we played that course together, Rhett, we started on seven because it was a scramble or whatever tournament, and we finished on cliffhanger. It was a little foggy because it was the 18th of the 18 holes we played, but I'm pretty sure we tough. finished that. We, we had to grind it out. Yeah, we, there was Not some easy. grinding going on. Gary was there, I think. Uh, oh, Gary. Oh, Gary. Yeah. Slows things down. Gray Wolf, uh, hey, just number one public golf Garce in uh, BC by Score Golf Magazine. T-sheets open now. GreyWolfGolf.com. Check it out in Panorama. Just a few hours away, right? Just a few hours. That's all. That's all. You don't have to go to Scottsdale. You can go to Panorama. Ski, golf, all that good stuff. Right? Do both. You can do both. They're not mutually exclusive. That is fair. No. Uh, Lightning tonight. What have you seen from the top line of late? Are you worried? Is it fine? Is it business as usual? Daryl's been saying is his top guys look tired lately. Everyone looks tired. I don't think it's top guys. I think it's... And, and rightfully so. Yeah. With the travel, the amount of games, the no, it's it's too much hockey. It's good for us. We don't have to play. Yeah, this is true. Um, we we enjoy having lots of games on the TV. That's always fun. But uh, uh, all the excuses for popcorn. The team's yes, good. Everyone's nachos. excited. Places. Well, I don't know if it's selling out, but it's close. You have the option of going. Some good crowds. Right? Look at the other night, uh, the Washington game. The corners always tell you. The corners of the second deck tell the story. And they were nice and robust. They were full. So I, I would expect uh, an excited crowd tonight for the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs. And, uh, again, a reminder that Calgarian Braden Point's very good at hockey. We'll get we'll have another one of those tonight. Always good to see him. What? Very good Is at hockey. Good? Yeah, yeah, quite good. Huh. Yeah, real good. Real good. Stammer's having a year. I don't know if you noticed that. Not that um, it's terribly surprising, but it's like, oh, yeah, he could still absolutely rifle the puck as good as anyone. Hmm. I don't, I've never, I respect what he does. It's, he's awesome. I get that. But I've never been a, really followed him to the point where I got excited about how he plays. Top 15 in the league scoring. And, yeah, we don't see him a ton. But he's real good. He's real good, right? He's, he plays for Tampa Bay, and I can't stand him. He would be uh, the third highest scoring flame. That's how good things are going in Calgary with uh, Kachuk. has got 65 points on the season, and Johnny Gaudreau's having a whale of a year. 74 points for the Flames. Fifth 
in league scoring, one back of Matthews, the three above them, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Huberdeau. Uh, let's go to the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Welcome in former Ticat and Argo, Mike Morreale. Mike, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How you doing? We're well. Uh, we're trying to do the math on this one. Uh, there's a lot of really natural transitions in, in you know athletes' careers. Like, you know, Rhett played for the Flames, the Sabres, and Panthers, and now comes on and talks about hockey. But uh, for, from CFL wideout to commissioner of a basketball, I haven't seen that one before. That's a good one. That's a strange one. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to, <laughs> you know, trying to change things up here. <laughs> Spread so, my wings. So how did that come to be? Walk us through it. This is exciting. We've got a big event coming up in our city we'll get to. But, but give us your path to the CEBL first. Well, I mean, the truth is I, I always had uh, a desire to kind of remain on the business side uh, of sport. You know, I, I assumed it would be in the CFL. And, you know, as my career winded down and I got into some other things and, you know, I saw the carousel of, of uh, the same people wearing different colored jerseys in the CFL going around and around. I figured, okay. It's time to maybe uh, investigate other options. But this one came by chance. I was uh, working at another job and befriended uh, the founder of what is now the CDL, who owned another team in another league. And he wasn't happy with how that was going and the direction. And he was picking my brain. And that turned into, hey, if you were going to build it, how would you build it? And that was the kind of Coles Notes versions of how the CBL came to play. Okay, so give us more on the CBL. Tell us about the league. What is your mandate, and uh, what, what are the sort of the, the stories you're telling, and, and the, where are the markets you're engaging them? Yeah, you know, I think the best way to compare it is we, we're kind of the CFL of basketball. So I, I looked at uh, the landscape of basketball, certainly trajectory of basketball, and and the failures of, of basketball that have across the country the last 25 years, and realized. You know, there's probably a better way to do this, uh, to take advantage of the growth. Uh, so we started in 2019 with six teams uh, spread across a few provinces. And then that grew in 2020 by adding Ottawa. And, uh, you know, we, we fought our way the tooth and nail through COVID. And we sit here now with 10 teams in six provinces. So we're a coast-to-coast league. We're actually the, the largest pro league in the entire country. We have teams in uh, Fraser Valley, Edmonton. Saskatoon, Montreal, Scarborough, uh, Guelph, Hamilton, Niagara, Ottawa, and St. John's, Newfoundland. And we will be entering our fourth season. It, it is really a, a league built uh, for Canadians, by Canadians, to showcase our pros that have been playing professionally overseas for, for years and bring them back home, and also to start develop the, the next wave of Canadian talent so we can be the best in the world on, on the world stage. Well, and COVID's given you some challenges, but it's also given you some really nice stories. You've had a lot of guys get uh, some of those 10-day NBA deals and things like that out of the league as a result of, of the, the carnage that, that the virus has, has left on some rosters. Yeah, we were, I mean, we were the first league in the country to return to play in 2020 with a bubble, even before the NHL started. So we didn't know what the heck we were doing, and I'm not too sure anyone else did either. But that, that really helped us from awareness point of view. And then we were the first team in the country to return fans to stadiums last year. Um, and then to your point, you know, we, we've kind of just really, uh, grew in other ways, I guess, with, with the pandemic and, uh, five of our guys have now had opportunities in the NBA Two have stuck, um, Xavier Sneed and, uh, Lindell Wigginton are our first Canadian. They are now two way players in the NBA. The other three have had, uh, several stints going up and down on the 10 day contracts. And that's really unheard of from a domestic league, uh, anywhere in the world. So, you know, we're trying to build what you see 
all over the world in Europe, etc. Uh, you know, build that silo of talent, uh, young and old, men and women from the ground up, and the kind of the top of the pyramid is the the professional team. So, you know, we have a long way to go in terms of, of continuing to fill the pipeline, but we had to build the league first, uh, build it at a high level, and then um, and then take it from there. Mike Morali joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Tell us about uh, Calgary's role in the CEBL because uh, we do not have a team here, but uh, the Stingers have got some action coming up here, and you've got, what, a pretty significant tournament here as well. Oh, I would say, yeah, a world-class tournament uh, in, a, in a really incredible event. Um, Calgary's certainly been on our radar since the beginning. And, um, you know, one of the things with Calgary is a, a proper venue, uh, a mid-sized venue to play in. And, you know, you don't want to just jump into a, an opportunity and not know what's going on. So we've been a little patient with Calgary. But uh, when Edmonton won and, and was uh, invited and made the uh, BCLA uh, tournament with uh, the 11 other league champions from across, uh, you know, Central, North and South America, we couldn't play in their home venue at Edmonton. So it really kind of provided an opportunity and we needed the solution. And, and what better than to take that opportunity to remain in Alberta, uh, come to a market that we're really bullish on and to try a venue that we just need to figure out. So we'll be playing at Winsport. It's never hosted basketball before. Uh, this will be the first time the court is down, and this will be the first time this international event, the uh, Champions League of Americas, will be held in Canada. And, and we're really excited to, to bring it to Calgary just based on, you know, Calgary's always supported international events well, and, and we're excited to, to do this uh, this time around as well. Okay, so uh, it's it's uh, phase three of around Robin, if I'm correct. There's teams from Nicaragua, Puerto Rico. What do the Stingers have to do to uh, remain alive and get to the final eight? Well, we got to win both games. Uh, I mean, we can get away with winning just our one game against uh, Rila Stelli from Nicaragua on, on the 16th, which is our final night, with a little help from uh, uh, Kangrejeros, which is the Puerto Rican team, against uh, Stelly on, on game two. But if we win both, we, we really um, will certainly win the first one. We make that second game meaningful for Kangaroos, and then we can wrap it up uh, on the final day of the whole tournament on the 16th with another win. And then that gets us a berth into the final eight, which will be announced shortly, which will most likely be in South America. And um, the winner of the final eight represents the Americas at the Intercontinental Cup uh, next year. But last year's winner, Flamengo, um, an Argentinian team actually won the BCLAs and then went down and just won the Intercontinental Cup. So they are the basically the world champions. So the competition is incredibly high, um, and it's it's just a great opportunity for us to expose our type of play, our Canadian type of play, and the brand uh, across the world. Uh, so I'm looking at the dates. It looks like March 14th to 16th. Now, Winsport's got four different ranks. Are you at the Mark and McPhail Center, the big one, or are you in one of the other three? Yeah, we're at the big one. Because yeah. that's a fantastic venue. If people haven't been there, and I think a lot of Calgarians have, it's not that new anymore, but it's a state-of-the-art facility. It's got the beautiful wooden beams everywhere. I would think capacity for basketball would run what, around five to 7,000? Am I crazy there? It, yeah, a little, somewhat crazy, but it's okay. about, uh, about uh, thirty-two to 3,500. Okay. Yeah, but a really good, intimate, awesome venue. So when it's all decked out with the court down, the lighting up, and the video boards in, uh, we've had to bring in a bunch of stuff to to meet feed the standards. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's going to make for a really intimate, cool environment. So you put fans in that building, and, and it'll be rocking. And we need them because this is this is it. We're representing the country, and we need the the Canadian fan support. 
Uh, so if Calgarians listening are interested in checking you out in mid-March here, uh, I guess, geez, we're a few days away here. My goodness. About a week away. <laughs> totally. uh, where do they find tickets and what can you tell them about the event in terms of uh, just any other details to get their butts in the seats? Yeah, best way is, is through our website at cbl.ca and you can do backslash BCLAs. Um, and the, the ticket, all the ticket pricing and availability will be there. Uh, the event will be fantastic. It'll be, it'll mimic what we typically do in a CBL game. Lots of music, lots of excitement, um, lots of entertainment, both on and off the court. But in, in this case, just a, a level of basketball that, you know, Calgary hasn't seen before, um, you know, outside the NBA, you won't see this much talent on a court. All the guys that we play against from Nicaragua, Puerto Rico, they're all, national team members they've been playing together for decades this is grown man basketball it's uh mm-hmm. it's going to be a fun thing to watch and uh you know we can use that support just like every other big international event that's come through there so wave the flag bang the drums do whatever you can but uh love to have you there yeah that's awesome and where are we at where, what is the state of, of basketball in this nation i know your league's a big part of that and we always check in it's been a really amazing time for you know soccer in this country the women winning gold at the Olympics, the men set to qualify for Qatar, the World Cup. You know, for golf, we've seen more Canadian men on the PGA than ever before. For tennis, we're seeing a lot of Canadians in grand slams with great performances and top 10 rankings in the world. Where where would you gauge uh, Canada's success level in basketball at this juncture? Right alongside all those. I think that's a perfect comparable. Uh, I mean, we're we're higher ranked in the world, of course, on the men's side than, than soccer. We're at 21st. Our women's teams are ranked fifth in the world. Uh, so we're a very competitive nation. We're still young at it. So there's still so much growth behind us. But this is the golden age uh, of basketball in this country. And um, it's exciting to be, you know, play a part in it, help develop our uh, our pros at in the FIBA game, which is incredibly important, as you know, because it's different than NBA. We have a, the second most uh, players in the entire world uh, as Canadians in the NBA, and and that's great. But we need to win the Olympics and World Championships, and mm-hmm. those are all FIBA games. So, um, you know, this is our chance to develop players similar to the CPL. We're, we almost kind of run parallel to one another, and and we're starting to see the results on soccer, and you're going to see the same on on basketball. Mike, great catching up with you. All the best again. Uh, Cebl.ca, the website for uh, for more information on this tournament. It is uh, teams from Puerto Rico, Nicaragua, here in Calgary, playing the Edmonton Stingers, uh, representing our nation at uh, Mark and McPhail Center at the Wind Sport Arena, March fourteenth to sixteenth. Uh, incredible journey, Mike, from a CFLer to commissioner sure of the is. basketball <laughs> league. All the best, and hopefully, we see more of you around these parts down the road. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, there's Mike Morreale joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, the 13-time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout or delivery. Give him a call, 403-248-3344. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive, Northeast, Atlas Pizza. I, the hardwoods, the hoops, Rhett, the harm, the foul, and one. Yeah. I got to take my kids. We got the spring break coming up here. When is this spring break? Is it spread out all over the place? I think it depends what school system you're in and all that. Gotcha. Definitely time to burn some vacation, though, I think. You big hoops guy? When was the last uh, basketball game you been? I got kicked out of a game in Saskatoon. Really? Oh, yeah. wow. I think you told us the story. Let's rehash it. Yeah. I forget how it ended. No, I don't want to rehash it. It's, no, it's, let's just wait. Quick one. Well, Cole's notes. Yeah, I started yelling, thinking I was funny, and uh, the, the no, I wasn't funny. 
and I was asked to uh, exit the building. And on the way out, the principal from the school was there. Nice to see you, Rhett. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Then uh, I had to walk home because I couldn't find my ride afterwards. Yeah. Then I got in trouble when I got home. Mm. Why didn't you have a ride? Well, I kind of got kicked out. Pardon me? You got what? Mm. Well, I got kicked out. Okay, well, now you're going to get a kick in the... Mm. So it was wonderful. It's a great experience. I think you're due for a better basketball. <laughs> I, I think this could be your chance next I week. Hope so. I There's hope an opportunity so. for you to make amends. You and basketball to get back on the same page. Got to get back. Yeah, we got to make up. Uh, March 14 to 16, again, the dates at Winsport. That's, that's, so that would be like you going to run a soccer league, right? That's next week. Yeah, it's Monday. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Holy smokes. I think. I'm looking at the calendar. Yeah, that's right. Holy. Cool. All right. I might go to that. I mean, I, I mean I'm curious. You, they've, they've piqued my interest now. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. The, uh, the NFL's quarterback carousel has uh, started the turn. And I, I don't know what's next, but it feels like there's lots of holes out there, right? Indianapolis, who's your quarterback? Seattle, you really going to roll with Drew Locke? What are you doing? Niners, when do you trade Garoppolo? Where's he going? Who's coming in? Tom Brady, are you going to retire or not? Jason Locke and Fora in about 10 minutes' time will have answers for us. Is there a spot you're curious about? Your Bill's got a guy. You're probably just like, ah, laugh, cackle at all the other teams, right? I'm, I, yes, I mean, in a way. I mean, I'm still skeptical because I am a Bills fan and they always screw you over not or lose and break your heart. So I don't know. You hear those guys in the – I always forget the conference and division names, but <laughs> Denver and – Yeah, AFC whoever. West has got some good quarterbacks now. Yeah, like yeah. how are you getting through that? You got Mahomes. Who's, you got like, Russell come. Wilson just went to Denver. You got Justin Herbert, one of the most exciting young quarterbacks in the league. And Derek Carr is your duster. That's uh, – that's a pretty good division for quarterbacks. Yeah. Not too shabby. So, I don't know. I mean, on one hand, I'm like, good. Beat up on each other. So that when my bills have to play you ever, mm-hmm. you're already exhausted. Worn out. Um, and and are, are you lobbying behind the scenes? I, you, we know you have a very extensive network in Buffalo. How close is Gronk to the bills? How, how, are you helping getting the, getting this done? We need this. You know we need this. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean... I would love it. Dude. Boom would love it. It would be unbelievable. Are you kidding me? Well, if it happens, we're doing a trip. Well, that's the thing. We have to go if they get Gronk. We have to. We'll fill a plane. Let's go. I don't think that'd be a hard sell. You kidding me? Sign me up. Lots of seats at that stadium. Wouldn't be hard to get seats, I don't think. What are you talking about? No, I just mean, like, you know, it's a big stadium. You'd be able to find some seats. We know a guy. Yeah. Was it Bruce Smith? Robert, the big tree? T- Robert, Robert will take care of us. Oh, Bobber. He's right. got some connections. Uh, so he th- tells me. So does. the NFL conversation coming up next. It is a Flames game day. Reminder, Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. 7 o'clock start means our pregame gets going at 6 o'clock. It's heartbreaking to watch the escalation and conflict in Ukraine. Not knowing what to do, how to help. Well, here's something you can do right now. UNICEF is on the ground supporting children in Ukraine, and they're asking for help. They've been responding to conflict in Ukraine for years, and they're committed to staying and delivering emergency assistance, but they need help to do it. Donate to UNICEF to provide critical life-saving care to the children and families of Ukraine. You can do it right now. Donate to UNICEF, Canada's Ukraine Emergency Fund at unicef.ca. We're back talking NFL, Sports at 960 The Fan.
Boomer in the Morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, Calgary. A reminder, you don't have to be live to catch the show. Boomer in the Morning for Grey Wolf Golf Course. You can grab us at your favorite podcatcher. Yell at your smart speaker. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon. Be sure to subscribe. Give us a five-star like, all that good stuff. You can always stream at sportsnet.ca. There's a Radio Player Canada app, amongst others. No more excuses, Rhett. There's too many, too many ways to, to listen to the show. No excuses. None. I got excuses for everything, but that is I'm sure true. glad that I can listen to the show whenever I want. Yeah, Holy. It's, it's convenient, I know. Uh, tonight, the Tampa Bay Lightning, 7 o'clock, puck drop. Six, Lubo and Patty will get you set. Uh, yes to the two-time champs. Yes, there's a little history with Calgary and Tampa, but uh, another reason just the excited fans to go to the Dome, um, you get to watch some of the best in the world at what they do. Kucherov, Hedman, Vasilevsky, all you can make the case uh, to be at points in their career the best at their position. Stammer's probably got a little run at some point for that as well. Braden Point, one of the great clutch players of the last few postseasons. Got some star power, Rhett. Some star power. Well, is there a lineup that's better? So they, they lost that whole third line, and there was a lot of talk about that third line last year. Yanni Gord goes to Seattle in the expansion draft. Barkley Goodrow signs a six-year deal in New York. And, of course, Blake Coleman of the Flames was part of that third line as well that was important for Tampa. But uh, dare I say not as important as lines one or two, which had the points, the Stamkoses, the Kucherovs, the Palats. It's a good hockey team. It's a well-run hockey team. They're a team that's uh, gotten through some major cap gymnastics and trouble. Um, they draft and develop well. They've taken advantage, Rhett, of rules that were written in. Cheated's a little strong. Not cheating, not trying, I guess, huh? I guess. I mean, what? look, if Kucherov is going to be ready with a month left, why not just hold him out to the playoffs and then we got more cap space to add guys, right? Well, you can't risk coming back too soon. Let's just make sure he's really ready. Let's really, smart really about ready. This, fellas. Come you on. Know, 99% is nice, but I'd like to get Cooch to 100. Playoffs are tough hockey. That's he's right. He's got to play in the playoffs. He's got to. Well, what matters gotta, the most? Playoffs. Got to get him ready for playoffs. Uh, Flames have been remarkably healthy this year. We've talked about that. The Tampa Bay Lightning come in with uh, within reach of top spot in their division. The Flames lead the Pacific. A little bit of pressure behind them, though. L.A.'s playing well. Vegas is starting to get things straightened out with Jack Eichel. He had a big winner the other night. Oilers and Canucks, uh, they're looming, lurking, just outside the, the wild cards, but not far from third in the Pacific. Should be a fun one tonight as the Flames, uh, this will be game three of a four-game homestand and game three of a five-game in seven-day week. That's, yeah, seven days in a week. That's normal. Five games, not so normal. That's, uh, that's a lot. Should be good. Uh, okay, let's, uh, let's go to the NFL story. As we had another quarterback change spots uh, yesterday, Carson Wentz, now a, me- a member of the Washington Commanders, Rhett. The Commanders. I didn't mind the football Stills, team. Uh, yeah, the football okay. team was fine. That's what they picked. Good for them. Hmm, interesting. Okay, so That's so uh, the, he's going commando. Uh, Wentz in Washington. Uh, Jason Lockin for our NFL Insider. Thanks for joining us, man. I appreciate it. Uh, the carousel starting it, to turn. 
Yeah, never a dull moment, huh? Um, you know, look, there, there are a lot of teams uh, that are in desperate sort of uh, situation, dire straits at the quarterback position, and there aren't uh, many. Some would say there aren't any. Quick fixes coming up next month in the draft. So we, we are seeing some dominoes fall now. Uh, we're not done by a long shot. Um I still think Kirk Cousins is going to be dealt. Um, Garoppolo's shoulder surgery throws a bit of a wrinkle in it, uh, some things there, but I, I still don't think it will preclude him from being dealt at some point if the uh, you know if the Forty ers feel like we're just going to move on with with Trey Lance here and we'll, we'll get a backup, but you know maybe not a twenty five million dollar a year backup. Um, and then obviously the Deshaun Watson situation is still uh, up in the air, but pending clarification on his legal status um, and by default his status with, with the NFL league office, uh, there's obviously potential for something to happen there as well. So, yeah, the league year hasn't officially started yet, but uh, we're, we're, we're going to have a lot more between now and Wednesday when this thing uh, officially kicks off. Okay, so let's look at some of the moves that were made. Uh, we'll start in Green Bay where Rodgers and the Pack stay together, not a breakup like we would have anticipated maybe a year ago. Sure. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Aaron Rodgers certainly changed his tune between this year, uh, this spring, and, and last spring. Um, things have a way of working out, uh, you know, in a strange in a strange manner sometimes. And I don't think we should sit here and pretend it's all hunky-dory like he, he did still mull retirement, and, you know, it is going to cost them about $50 million a year to get this all done. So, you know, it's not like uh, he's doing them any favors. Uh, but he has them, He, you know, he, he's got the gun to their head. It started last year with the restructured contract, which would give him all the leverage again this year by eliminating one year off that contract and putting them in a position where they're facing a massive cap charge in 2022, whether he stays or goes. Um I don't know, guys. This one to me is actually the most dangerous because they're not—they're not the same team they were a couple years ago. At least they won't be by the time we get to Wednesday, and they have cut three or four players, and they're going to lose another three or four in unrestricted free agency, and um, they haven't drafted that well lately. So I, the idea that the 2022 Packers will be as as um, ready to win as the 2020 or 2021, I don't buy. And when this thing blows up, and if it blows up with him retiring a year from now and Devontae Adams leaving after playing out a franchise tag and them just getting a comp pick for that, um, the cupboard's going to be really, really bare. Because you probably have David Bakhtiari going as well. Um, You've you got other issues on your offensive and defensive line. And their cap situation isn't great, so they can't buy their way out of it. So, I don't know. They did some things when they drafted Jordan Love that put them on a course to be turning the team over to him right now. Right. They have doubled down on Rodgers, even though they didn't think they would, but that comes at a particular price to them. And I think that's a team that, when he retires, could be down for quite some time, certainly more than we're accustomed to the Packers being down. So where does this leave Jordan Love of the Packers? Uh, probably traded, you know, 
if they can get anything of note for him, uh, that kid's not going to want to sit for another year. You know, like you don't move up, take a kid in the first round, tell him we think you're our future. We're going to phase this other guy out over the next couple of years. Um, try to develop him. Now, look, I don't think he's I don't think he's particularly good, and I I don't think it was a smart pick. I mean, the evaluators I know and trust, a lot of them had a third round grade on Jordan Love. Um, and he hasn't played much football in a long time. So I don't know that they're going to get recoup much for him. But mm-hmm. we've seen Josh Rosen, right? I mean, these kids can be uh, sort of surplus to requirements quicker than, than anyone would have ever anticipated at the time they were drafted. Um, although I would say a lot of people anticipated this getting very messy uh, in Green Bay the moment this kid was drafted. But I just don't know how you're going to sell him on just sit here for another year. I mean, they're they're giving it's everybody's going to be held hostage by Rodgers again next year. Is he retiring? Does he want to restructure the contract again? Is he is he happy? Does he want to be traded? Like that's not going away. Hmm. So I think Jordan Love's got to get out of there, and I, I would I would imagine that they would oblige that. I can understand why Denver wants Russell Wilson. What's Seattle accomplished here? Well, look, Seattle, even with Russell Wilson, was kind of in no man's land on a lot of different um, on a lot of different levels. And I started reporting on this at the Super Bowl in 2021, two Super Bowls again ago down in Florida, um, when it started becoming very clear to me from people very close to Russell that this thing had run its course. Now, would Seattle relent and trade him? A lot of people said, never, never, never. I mean, when you got Wayne Gretzky got traded. Stuff happens. You yeah, know? Exactly. Like, and when a guy's got two years left on his deal, and he's telling you, I'm never signing with, like, we're done. I, I'm over this carousel of coordinators. I'm over being the most sacked guy in the league since I, since I entered the league. I'm over our lack of, of impact offensive linemen. I'm over... Uh, Pete Carroll uh, micromanaging everything and and believing in uber-conservative offensive philosophies, even though the game is evolving at a great rate. Um, I'm over us whiffing on draft picks. Like, I'm over being mediocre. Like, I want to be great, and we don't have a road or a window to be great because we don't have enough blue-chip players, and we don't have any draft picks, you know? So they finally, you know, did sort of the adult thing, the pragmatic thing, which is we could keep pretending that, you know, like could we win 10, 11 games with, with that yeah, roster, but this guy being an MVP? I mean, we might, but we got to do it the next two years or he's gone. So it, it, it had run its course. If it was up to John Schneider, the GM, I think Russell Wilson would have been traded last year. And they probably would have got even more for him. But – Pete Carroll, you know, wasn't willing to go there then. He is now. Um, at least now they do have a restocked uh, sort of arsenal of draft capital. Um, they will have uh, a cap situation that's better than it's been in a while. They can go and recruit some players, but you're right. They don't have a quarterback, and that's a huge hole. I would expect that team, if Deshaun Watson is sort of found to be um, – Facing uh, a, a my, you know more minor NFL discipline than major, uh, let's say, criminal discipline, I would look at Seattle as a team that will be very uh, aggressive for his services. Are you surprised the chapter with the the Seahawks came to an end with Russell Wilson before with Pete Carroll? It felt like those two might have been 
you know, overlapped in a way. Like uh, to to say, okay, they're not going to be competitive. It wouldn't it make sense that now is the time that that they separate from Pete Carroll as well? Well, it, it's it's interesting. Um, and there, you know, the thing, the other thing about them is their ownership situation is kind of, um, you know, it's it's Paul Allen's sisters running the team. Uh, it's going to remain in a trust for a certain period of time because of tax reasons, et cetera. But that thing's coming to a market in a couple of years. Um, you know, it could be a situation where they feel like, you know, for the short-term stability of the team, let's continue to just ride it out with Pete and try to be competitive, and maybe that helps with the sale price. Um, everything was under review with ownership this year. But this Russell thing, like, didn't surprise like, It's not like anybody's surprised. Like, they knew before the 2020 season ended that this cat's got one foot out the door. Like, he's never going to come out and say, trade me right bleeping now. Like, he's that, that's not how he rolls. But he's going to make it very clear that – he is 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 going to push for the Tom Brady treatment. You know, he's going to push to to get out of there. He's going to he's going to push to be in a position where if he can't outright call his shot, he's going to be able to at least have significant say in where he ends up. Um and he did and and ultimately I think again with a player of this magnitude when it's clear he does not want to tie his future to you anymore, um, and he made that clear over a calendar year. I think logic dictates we, we better try to get all we can for him now rather than continue to play a, a high-stakes game of chicken with him. What does Denver look like with him at the helm in that uh, all of a sudden very quarterback-heavy AFC West? Denver's relevant again for the first time since Peyton Manning uh, wow. was there. No, I, I think Denver, uh, the, the, the array of – Pass catchers are there. The receiving talent's there. They need Garrett Bowles to step up and play like a top left tackle again. Um, they probably need to add an offensive lineman, and they will. It was a solid defense under Vic Fangio the last few years. Um, I think they're going to add a significant pass rusher, uh, whether that's a reunion with Von Miller, whether that's plucking Randy Gregory from the Cowboys, uh, whether that's Chandler Jones. They're going to do something. Um, and they do have extra draft capital from the Von Miller trade, remember. So mm-hmm. um, they can part with some of those twos because they have extra ones. Uh, you know, the ninth overall pick, they may have used that on a quarterback, right? So Malik Willis at nine or Russell Wilson for the next nine years. Because I do think Russell Wilson's going to play till he's 40. Um, I take Russell Wilson. Um so no, I think look they've got they've got viable you know I really like the running back, so I it's a tough division I get it maybe the best in football it's a tough conference, but more teams get into the playoffs now than ever. Denver had no chance of being a quarterback of a, being a playoff team in that conference if it was Drew Locke or if it was Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett or whatever it wasn't happening. I mean Russell Wilson is a special special quarterback. He will change everything about that franchise. Um, and how about Nathaniel Hackett? You know, this guy goes from being an NFL sort of journeyman coach to landing in Green Bay as an offensive coordinator without real offensive coordinator duties, calling the plays, spends a few years with Aaron Rodgers, gets to be a first-time head coach. It looks like one of the worst quarterback situations in the, in the, in the league, and then he's barely on the job a month, and it's like, oh, here's the first ballot Hall of Famer, buddy. We got you. <laughs> That's a good, spot. a good spot to start, right? 
Uh, yeah. yeah. Washington, is it? Is this clearly Wentz is their go-to guy, or or do they still think Heineke is a thing too? And, and okay, desperation. No, I sure. think they'll try to. I mean, I, I think they'll try to trade Heineke. Um, look, I, I'm not going to tell you you're going to win a, uh, a ton of playoff games with Heineke, but he showed enough that. Um, Someone will view him as a as a high grade backup slash you know band aid starter if we can't do any better. Like, I mean, uh, <laughs> I know the whole thing with him started at, at, in Carolina, right? The dalliance with him. Um, but could he? I mean, they they were paying Sam Darnold nineteen million dollars this year to probably be a backup, mm-hmm. and they may have to draft somebody. But like, could Heineke be a bridge guy there? Like, somebody's going to be in a situation where they need him. Like, is, is Taylor Heineke going to put the Pittsburgh Steelers over the top? No. Is he better than Mason Rudolph and, and Dwayne Haskins? Yeah. And if they don't get Jameis Winston, um, you know, if if they don't land someone in free agency who makes sense, trying to get him, like, like a Gardner Minshew type. I mean, what did the Eagles get him for? Like a five, I think, from Jacksonville mm-hmm. last year? Like, Gardner Minshew's going to play in this league for a long time, and Gardner Minshew might end up being a starter somewhere next year when it's all said and done. If you know, if they're all in on Hertz in Philadelphia, but I think there's a market for him. But you just <laughs> you just gave up a lot of draft capital, and you're going to pay this guy twenty eight million dollars. Like um, Wentz is the guy, and after giving up draft capital, they probably want to recoup some for Heineke. Yeah, fair. Uh, other teams, you'd mentioned Carolina, New Orleans, Indy now that will got to figure out quarterback situations. W- what are we looking at here? Is is Brady actually going to be fully retired and done? Is he is he still <sighs> sniffing around stuff? You said Kirk Cousins might move. Yeah. Deshaun's I mean, situation's the, murky. Garoppolo, the surgery. Yeah. The thing with Brady is the Tampa Bay Bucks own his rights. So, like, the idea that he's going to come back and say, I want to play for an NFC team that might keep you from going to the Super Bowl. I mean, I understand people theorizing about that. I I don't see Bruce Arians and the Glazer family uh, playing a whole lot of ball on that. Now, the Bucks would welcome him back with open arms at any point in time. I spent some time with Bruce Arians, their head coach at the Combine, and, and it is abundantly clear that that door is wide open. In the meantime, they like Kyle Trask. I don't think they'll do anything crazy there, but that's another team. Is adding a Minshew or a Heineke to their mix, does that make sense? Because Blaine Gabbert can't play at all. It it might. Um, New Orleans, I think, is the most likely landing spot from Jameis Winston. At least other teams that are exploring free agent quarterbacks believe that the team to beat for his services is New Orleans. That makes sense. I think Jameis Winston is, is, is far and away the best quarterback option in unrestricted free agency. Um, I think Kirk Cousins is the next domino to fall. That's another weird cap situation, weird contract situation. Um, they're under new management in Minnesota. They brought in a young coach, a young GM. Um, they don't want to keep kicking the, the can in salary cap hell with, with some of these bloated contracts for older players with the cap numbers out of whack. Um, Cousins is going to have to restructure his deal and get an extension. As part of any trade, this guy uh, has hit grand slam after grand slam with his contracts. It's it's pretty amazing. And now he's positioned to do really well again because here he is available in trade at a time where Aaron Rodgers just raised the bar to $50 million a year and Russell Wilson's going to do an extension that's going to put him on the heels of that. Um, 
I could see Kirk Cousins in Indianapolis. You know, he plays well in, in the Dome situation. They're a Dome team. Um, I don't know that they could do much better than him right now. Uh, and he's he's certainly available, and the Colts have um, – I think the Colts and the Chargers have the most cap room in the league. So that one's starting to make sense to me. You know, if this – look, the Steelers, could they wait out Garoppolo? And, you know, they get a long look in the spring at Mason Rudolph – and Haskins, and maybe they draft somebody, but if they feel like, hey, we, we can compete in this AFC too with our defense and, and with the growth of our running game and Najee Harris in year two. Um, Garoppolo, I'm told, this, uh, obviously the surgery was successful. I mean, it's always successful, right? Uh, no one ever whispers, hey, they botched it. Um, he's supposed to start throwing in July. Could somebody trade for him around the draft if they're comfortable enough? with the medical information about the first six, seven weeks of his recovery? I mean, maybe, maybe. Um, but I, I do wonder if, if the Steelers waited out and, and maybe get him um, for a little bit less than what some of these other guys went for. And then, again, I, I think Carolina, Seattle are two teams you're going to see really pursue Deshaun Watson if it becomes um, somewhat feasible to pursue Deshaun Watson. Man, that's wild. Uh, uh, has it always been this crazy, or is it just the last couple off seasons where no, we've I seen? I think Corbin? it's the last couple of years, and yeah. I think it really kind of st- starts with, you know, some of these guys flexing their muscles a little bit and realizing that they drive this sport from that position, and and that if they want to call their own shot badly enough, that that they can bend the will of some of these owners and some of these GMs, and then anytime there's a move of that magnitude at the quarterback position, and there's only so many quality starters. That trickle down effect um, becomes very real, and teams have become more willing to trade these guys than ever before. Um, and the, it's sort of the confluence of events here where the free agent class is really weak. The draft class, I think people are a little too hard on it. Like, I don't think it's a complete dud, but it's, it's not going to be one of these years where three or four of them are going in the first 12 or 15. That's not happening. It's, it's not that robust. Um, and then you've had these, you know, the, the, we've had a, a generation of quarterbacks step aside. You know, Eli, Rivers, Breeze, Brady, Roethlisberger, you know, all, all in the span of a couple of years. It, it creates interesting market forces. No kidding. Uh, how, how's your vibes around the Orioles here? This is this has been tough to watch oh Major League players. How's the vibes almost... around anybody with Major League Baseball yeah, right now? Exactly. I mean... The minor leaguers look good down in Sarasota. They're <laughs> starting to play their scrimmage games. Um, I mean, the good news is for us is that Adley Rutschman is not on the 40-man roster. So, you know, I could watch him play for the Norfolk Tides of uh, the league formerly known as the International League. What the hell do they call it now? Triple-A East? I don't even know the name of the league anymore. Uh, they mess up everything in baseball. So, you know, but they're, they're talking about getting rid of the Rule 5 draft, which is actually something that's pretty important for the Orioles. I mean, all this stuff. Now they want an international draft. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. Rob Manfred really is is he's he's quite the heel. So hopefully we'll get baseball at some point. But I know uh, the Bowie Bay Sox. I think play their first game uh, April eighth. I think the Aberdeen Ironbirds, another affiliate that's about a half hour from my house. I think they're April ninth. So you know, life goes on. Hey, thanks for the time today. Do appreciate it. Uh, enjoy. You got it, guys. Yeah, it sounds like baseball yep. season means good weather. Enjoy. Thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Jason Lockenfor, NHL or NFL insider, joining us there.
the Bowie, Ironbird, uh, Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what he's talking about there. That yeah. was. There's a big Orioles guy. He's a Baltimore guy we know. And uh, they've been awful. The trash birds. You're talking about the Bowie Bay Sox? That's the one, yeah. The, yeah. the, the Bowie Bay Sox. Yeah. Feel for Blue Jays fans. Hey, how many games have they seen out of the, the Rogers Center the last two years? Six or something stupid? Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. You see Joe uh, Biagini's back. I did see Joe Biagini sign a minor league deal today. Uh, big lefty, am I right? Is he right? Is, he right? Is that good? Is that helpful? Well, he's a minor leaguer, so it can't be that good. He's a righty. Um, he was the incredible goofball. when I the, the first year I did spring training in Dunedin, I covered the the Jays for a week there. We had 10 awkward minutes with Joe Biagini, and he was, like, touching the fiber of my shirt and asking me about what kind of uh, clothing I'd purchased. It was incredibly awkward. I think he's, Eyes like, first, first time you meet him, you're like, oh, this guy's funny. And after a week, you're like, get this guy out of here. I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> One of those. Oh, that's yeah, good. Yeah, that was kind of the vibes uh, I was getting uh, with the other cats. And it was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's so funny. And then it's like, oh, this doesn't ever turn off, eh? Oh, mm. this is not. He's not trying to be humorous. Mm. He's just awkward. He's just very awkward and knows it. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, he's back. At least I don't have to interview him if I can't go to spring training. Mm. One of the perks of not going to spring There's training. not many perks of not being in Florida right now. My stupid phone, you know how the memories pop up on your phone? You're like, hey, yes. one year ago, here are these photos. Two years ago, here are these photos. So I'm now in the window of like two and three and four years ago, here are all the photos from spring training. It's like, oh. Feel oh, free, a little dolphin poking his bottle nose out of the, the oh. ocean. There's this. <laughs> Cheap beer. <laughs> the place with the live music and the margaritas. Clearwater uh, Beach. Oh. Uh, uh, Brunt Cigar what's Bar. The, what's the temperature out today? Yeah, nicer there than here. Guarantee that. Guarantee that. Uh, have you texted Rob Ray? I think we need Rob Ray today. He didn't answer me. Not yet. Wow. Are we Are no, we hooped? You know his texting habits better than I do. We're uh, hooped. He might be making hot dogs. You never know. You, you just don't know with him that's true. Why don't we try for him tomorrow if we can't get him today? Because Eichel tonight, back to Buffalo, that's a big deal. Like, it's not the returning of, you know, a hero, but almost quite the opposite. This it, this this got very contentious at the end. There's even talk that they might not do a montage for him. What? I think they have. A to. captain? No montage? Well, and then he came out publicly in the last uh, couple days and said, it felt like they were toying with me at the end, not letting him get the surgery, even though they were going to keep him, right? Like this, this it thing got very weird. ugly at the end between ownership and the player. So if you're a GM, you know you got to do the montage. This is how we treat our players. You don't want you know current players to to, to see you treating other guys. This I might be right from the think, owner. I honestly don't think that the GM or the players uh, they might not care. Yeah, they might not care. care. That's, that's a good point. But <laughs> this montage crap, get out of here! It got contentious. It was my point. Very contentious. It did well, and he was a big. He was there everything. So. The fact that it went as south as it did is kind of... And he's not that far removed from like a near heart caliber season that that I think injury got in the way of. He was having a really good year. They had the 10-game winning streak. It was like the the Sabres are back. Everyone's on the Sabres wagon. Boy, they've been bad for so long. Isn't that why it makes it extra awkward is the fact that, okay, you got this guy. He should be a... He's a top five center in the league. He's in Buffalo. You've got him locked in. Not like you want to make this work, don't you? 
you're not going to find another guy like him. Like in the trade, they no. got a bunch of pieces, right? They didn't get a Jack Uggle back. But that's just it. Like they're not all idiots in Buffalo. I mean, they live in Buffalo, and it's a you know, you can people poke fun at it, but I don't think that everyone's you know lost their marbles. Why are they walking away from this guy? Makes me wonder. Well, I, I and and I think it's what we're talking about. The relationship had deteriorated. Now, why it did, and where the things eroded was it well before this injury and the surgery that he wanted? Because it feels like things had to have been bubbling below the surface there before that. Because I get it. If you want to have surgery X, Rhett, and it's your body, and I'm the owner, and I'm like, yeah, that's a little too risky. We've got fifty million invested in you in the next uh, half decade. No, don't do it. Like I could see that getting pissy, but it feels like the relationship has to be in a bad spot to begin with for that to get as bad as it did. I agree. So it's how and why is the question, which is why we need Rob Ray. Damn it. Okay, we'll take but a break. He doesn't know. He doesn't know anything. So. Oh please! And and uh, here's your teaser. When we come back, a former saber may not be moving at this year's trade deadline as we have rumors of an extension of a pending ufa <laughs> your boy <laughs> our boy we'll come back with that no it's not nikita zadorov sports at 960 the fan